Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Today I'm talking to you a little bit about ad blockers. Do you use an ad blocker? I don't use many extensions in my browsing day to day, but really it makes such a huge difference in the experience that you have on the web. So I just recently talked about, do you use a password manager, which I've started using and it makes a huge difference in the way that you apply passwords and, and you know it, what you're able to remember, how secure you are online and, and how you're able to manage that. Um, now I'm, I'm interested in using an ad blocker. And really what I'm trying to do with that is get rid of a lot of these nuisance and sort of malicious pieces of content that are out there that seem to really filter in and, 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 and sort of bother and degrade from the experience that you have on the web. So a lot of the adware stuff, a lot of the tracking stuff, it's really kind of wrapped up uh, when, or, you know, you can really pull out a lot of that when you use an ad blocker. I've been using uBlock Origin um, as an extension that was free that I put in, and it, it really cleans up a lot of the web experience that, uh, that I've started to enjoy a lot. So check it out, uBlock Origin as an ad blocker for your web browsing. You can see more of my work at billynewmanphoto.com. You can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. My name is Billy Newman. I'm a photographer based in Oregon. I do a lot of landscape work. And uh, this image was taken in California on a trip that we did to Mount Shasta, to the east side of Mount Shasta, which is kind of a, a really cool spot. It's kind of interesting near the town of Mount Shasta, near the town of McLeod, if I remember right. There's a lot of good stuff over there. A lot of good camping, too. There's a lot of, um, I think it was the Shasta Trinity National Forest that stretches out over there. So there's a lot of public land that uh, that's developed enough and accessible for for a number of things you can do for summer recreation. It was pretty cool. I remember going up to a lookout tower up there, checking out some stuff. I think there's a fire lookout tower. Some old timer was up there too. But this image was taken on Government Camp Road uh, in the evening as the sun was setting, and this is kind of looking up to the I guess it's the east face of Mount Shasta on the east side. Uh, and it's a really beautiful spot, but I kind of love the angle of it there, kind of the sweep that the mountain had. And I tried as hard as I could to sort of to sort of square that up the way I wanted and match that up with the trees and the grass and the shadows and get some of those tones. But this was shot on that N80 film camera, some of my best images from one of the cheapest, most, I don't know, just common cameras that are out there. Really cool stuff, and I love that I got it. It was really fun. It reminds me a lot of great stuff from that trip. It's cool. You can check out more information at billynewmanphoto.com. You can go to billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support if you want to help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with. If uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that I was talking about, you're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it if you're interested or, or feel more comfortable using Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash billynewmanphoto. I wanted to talk today about some stuff that I've been doing this last week. For the last few weeks, I've been talking about some outdoor stuff and some things kind of related to the 
the lockdown pandemic stuff, but I might kind of change uh, change what I was talking about a little bit for this podcast. What I wanted to get into was uh, some of the training stuff I've been looking into around Logic Pro ten point five that has uh, just come out recently, and I thought it'd be kind of uh, kind of cool to go over a little bit of an overview of some of the new features and stuff that are there and, and some of the stuff that you can do with a, a digital audio workstation and uh, and why why I'd bother talking about it. But I think it was about, about a year ago or so, I was talking about setting up this studio in the house that I'm at here and how I was getting a, a PC computer ready to go. It was an older one. It was, I think, like a, I don't know, something from some desktop I had around from, from 2010 or 11 or so. Yeah. Yeah, about that time. And I remember um, getting that computer set up with a, I think it was, yeah, it had like Windows 10 on it. And then I was using, I think the same audio interface, USB out into the computer. And then I had downloaded, um, I had downloaded Sonar, the new version of Sonar that you can get for free. I think it had been owned by what was Cakewalk Sonar. And then I think Gibson had bought out Cakewalk. And so it became Gibson Sonar, and then I think Gibson decided that wasn't going to be part of their business anymore, so I think they just kind of shut it down, essentially, but then sold that off to BandLab. And BandLab is, a, I think, a, well, I don't know, it's another internet company. They have kind of a simplified digital audio workstation app that you can use uh, to kind of create a demo or something like that. But what they had done is they'd, they'd gone through, I guess, and had purchased probably for a relatively inexpensive price, I, or I don't know, I assume, since they're just uh, they're just keeping it and kind of hardly maintaining it or you know, doing a bit to maintain it. Uh, but they took the, the Sonar Platinum program, the full digital audio workstation uh, multi-tracking tool, and they made it free for people to use and for people to get. Uh, but I think it's only a, a Windows-only program, so you got to have... Uh, you gotta have Windows 10 to uh, to run it. So I did that, yeah. And uh, and Sonar was a program that I had worked with before uh, for doing some some studio multi tracking stuff. I think years ago, probably around like 2012, 2013, when I was uh, when I was working with some friends to set up uh, some studio equipment stuff. It was cool. We had like a big uh, Soundcraft Ghost that was laid out. And then we had a bunch of um, a bunch of channels kind of running into that from from the microphones that we were using to track this band, and then that all went into a pretty old computer. It was amazing what it could do, you know, for just a you know it was probably like a two gigabyte of RAM, you know, smaller hard drive, two thousand four, five, six era PC computer. No, I probably wouldn't even need that much, right? There's something about that time, but that's what we used. Yeah, that's like all we had. All we had with us, we had a I think it was like a PreSonus. Um, audio interface and then we got like like an eight channel audio interface that was really cool you know we had like eight eight digital audio channels coming into the the interface which means we could track eight live channels into sonar at a time and uh, it didn't even hiccup you know even on that old machine and so uh, it was interesting how that, that architecture worked to do some editing stuff but uh, uh sonar is what i had been using before uh for some stuff really audition adobe audition is what i'd used most for some of this kind of the more simple uh radio broadcast style stuff and that's what i had learned to use when i was at um when i was at a radio station doing an internship years and years ago back in 2008 right summer of 2008 i did that and they used adobe audition version 1.5 to uh to do all of their uh radio production edits and uh yeah i remember i remember going in taking calls with the, the production guy i don't know somebody 
calling in to do like a, I think they would do like a water level report. It was really interesting radio on that station. You know, you could figure, but uh, they would have like this, uh, I don't know, something like, you know, it's, it's 1245 and here's your local water level report for July 28th or something. And then it would be some lady that would call in um, from a department that would measure this stuff and she would give her water report and the production guy, you'd record it and then produce that and then it'd be prepped to go out on air later you know it was like a spot that uh, a dj would trigger upstairs and so we would kind of walk through using audition to do those steps and so learning that as a program was probably the first one that i had done um which probably goes back to high school or before that when i was doing editing stuff but but sonar um back to sonar was uh, some of the stuff that i'd used probably a good bit more for the um for the music you know like trying to like track a band or do like multi-tracking projects but uh um, so yeah, that's what I'd used a bit. That's why I'd thrown on this Windows 10 PC to do some audio production stuff for this podcast workflow that I was uh, trying to get into. And uh, it's cool. It works really well. But uh, but I stopped using that computer a while ago. I think the, uh, the, the Windows 10 computer that I'm talking about had uh, a power supply go bad, which could be replaced pretty easily and, and uh, is on a to-do list of mine. But since then, I've really just been relying on, kind of like I had mentioned, um, just recording, recording onto the device and then uh, using Adobe Audition to do the uh, post-production work on my MacBook, which uh, is, I don't know, it's just, a, it's just a more, it's just a better workflow and stuff for the, for the most part. So I've been kind of sticking with that. But recently, to get to the point, as you are all excited, uh, Logic Pro 10.5 has come out. Now, Logic, as yet to be mentioned in this podcast, Logic Pro is the program that was produced by Apple as their professional digital audio workstation. And so there's GarageBand, which probably a lot of people have some experience with. And GarageBand is sort of the trimmed down, simplified um, home user version of a program like, like Logic Pro. And, and they've done that intentionally. I think it's the same team that generates the two programs. And if you, if you look at them or you look at their interfaces and you look at their, the, the types of access that you have to things, you, you really do see a, a familiar similarity to it, which is cool. Um, so if you've used something like GarageBand in the past for home projects, you, you won't really have as big of a, a, a difficulty moving into a more professional digital audio workstation environment like Logic Pro 10. I think it was Logic Pro 10, just, you know, 10-0. It came out, well, I don't know, probably like 2013 or so. And I think that was uh, that was sold for 200 bucks. So it was like a, a purchase price of 199 And then since then, you get the point updates for free uh, or, you know, as included with your original purchase. Uh, so just recently, I, I think there had been like 10.4 before this, and then now they've moved on to 10.5. And 10.5, I think, is probably the biggest, uh, as noted by you know plenty of news sources, um, as noted as uh, as one of the most significant uh, feature updates that Logic has had probably in, in years and years. I mean, I think this is the first time that they've gone through and removed and updated some of those legacy items that have been in there since, I don't know, 2003 or four or five. You know, it was just some of these legacy products that were, um, that were originally put in there, including their interfaces too. It looks like a 2002 interface for, uh, for you know, like there's these synthesizer interfaces where there's these weird knobs that you have to, these weird just rotating features of the interface. It looks like, it looks ridiculous. I don't know other, any other way to explain it, <laughs> but it's a, 
it's pretty wild for some of the some of the stuff that's just remained in computer uh, computer systems for a long time. But for ten point five, to try to go through and update a lot of that stuff, um, and it's really uh, interesting. There's a lot of cool new features in Logic ten point five. So Logic is real similar to Sonar, which is I guess kind of why I mentioned it. And at least through my experience, it's similar. You guys would probably think it's similar to. I don't know what people that are listening probably actually have some. Well, <laughs> no one's listening. What am I saying? Um, if someone were to bother to try and find some information out about logic and they ended up listening to this podcast, they'd probably have had some information about it or they would be coming from uh, from an experience with uh, Avid's Pro Tools. And uh, Pro Tools is like the industry standard for multi-tracking DOS software. And I've never used it. I've never opened Pro Tools. I've never seen Pro Tools, you know, in in its process at all. Um, I've, I don't know. I've, I've looked at a couple of videos or something, but yeah, I have no I have no experience working in Pro Tools, um, and I don't know. I'm not a fan of, of Avid's software overall. You know, for Pro Tools uh, or for uh, or for the Avid system of, uh, of video editing stuff either. I'm just I'm not I'm not really. Uh, that interested in the, the kind of stuff that they put together, um, and it, really for price and stuff too. It just seems kind of kind of overdone a little bit. So, uh, so I'm pretty happy with uh, with some of the other the other more available tools that are in the consumer computer market. I mean, I think it's like 800 bucks or something still to get uh, to get Avid's Pro Tools, and I think that in the past it was just, you know insanely more than that. Even well, you know kind of proprietary. Back in the past, it was more difficult. Now I think M Audio is a partner with Pro Tools, and so uh, in the past, if you had Pro Tools, you have a lot of proprietary Pro Tools audio interfaces that you had to use um, if you wanted to set up your studio to work seamlessly with the Pro Tools uh, software. Um, now I think they've made a deal with M Audio, which is um, sort of like a, a less expensive audio interface manufacturer. They've had like uh, interfaces and microphones, and uh, you know they, they've got like an array of. I think they've got like some studio monitors. They've got some interfaces. They've got uh, like keyboards is a big one that they've got. I've got a keyboard over here from M Audio. And what is it? Yeah, M Audio. They're less expensive. They make Pro Tools uh, interfaces, which is cool uh, now, so that they've got a partnership with Pro Tools. And I think that they've been trying to make that more accessible to musicians, probably because it's become a more competitive market with, um, well, really with like Logic, Logic Pro. I think I think the industry standard stuff is, uh, I don't know, it always seems like more secure than it should be. Or, you know, it doesn't it doesn't seem like an absolute that Pro Tools should be the uh, the digital audio workstation of of engineers across the world, but for whatever reason, it's just kind of taken over. And and as those people, you know, are still still in those positions, I think that's uh, that's just what's taught in audio recording school. It's like a standard, uh, even though there's a lot of other good other good services and choices out there. I think I've seen Sonar and Logic taught a lot too. So I don't know. They're they're definitely competitive. And and as I've been hearing more. There's, there's, I don't know, there's produce, you know, music producers that are coming out saying, oh yeah, I do a lot of, a lot of my work in, in logic. And, and there's, you know, there's a whole class of music producers that are logic based producers or sonar based producers or, I don't know, it seems to kind of rotate around every couple of years for, for who's doing what or, you know, who wants to look cool. People that use Pro Tools want to look cool probably a lot of the time. Um, so back to, back to old uh, Logic Pro 10.5. Here's the good stuff. So. Thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Hope you guys check out some stuff on billynewmanphoto.com. 
a few new things up there. Some stuff on the homepage, some good links to other other outbound sources, some, some links to books, some links to some podcasts, links to some blog posts. All pretty cool. But yeah, check it out at billynewmanaphoto.com. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast. Talk to you next time.